those of you that have been following us, we've, we've gone through the, we are busy going through this room from 2 Kings chapter 4, where Elisha was given a space where he could come and rest. And in the room that he was given, if you've never read the story, please go and read it. It's a wonderful story. Um, 2 Kings chapter 4, where Elisha was given a room with a bed, a chair, a table, and a lamp. And and last eight weeks, actually, we've been journeying through this room as a church. If you followed us on Facebook and uh, on Vimeo and been reading and been listening, then you would have an understanding of what we're talking about. I'm not going to be able to repeat all of that, obviously, this morning. We, we And our final item today which is the lamp. We've done the bed that spoke about certain things. The chair we, we focused on last week, we spoke about the table. And this morning, we're stopping at the lamp. And, um, and this is exact replica of the lamp that, that Elijah had in the room. It's an amazing item that we managed to find on Google, and we've smuggled it into the country. I can't tell you the detail, because that's going to be disclosed as being recorded um, no, don't worry. This is my grandmother's lamp that we got and that we're looking after. Um, but this is just an, an idea for you to understand what was in this room. And so as we, as we talk about the lamp this morning, the Webster Dictionary, which is some authority um, book that uh, helps us define certain things, it says the following about a lamp. It says it's something that makes vision possible. Very simple, isn't it? You've never had a clearer understanding of what a lamp is. Guess what? That's coming to you this morning. It simply means something that makes vision possible. And this morning, the title of my message is "Come into the Light." Just want to simply entitle it, saying "Come into the Light." Last week we spoke about come and dine at the table. This morning we're talking about coming into the light. And um, in the natural sense, we we cannot see in the dark without light. Correct. And all of us are um, aware of that. Praise the Lord, we haven't had much darkness around these days because Zessa has been amazing, eh? Three cheers for Zessa. You always complain about Zessa. Come on. Uh-huh. Um, it's lovely to see your smiles. I, I can see it on your eyes when you smile. <laughs> but um, we do know that um, where we go and what we do, we always need light. Um, at the moment, we've got the sun giving us incredible light. Tonight, the moon will be out there, and we've got other devices that help us to see. But in a spiritual sense, that's really what we want to talk about, isn't it? We're not going to, I'm not going to give you all the dynamics of light and how it works and all the rest. I'm going to talk about the spiritual sense of light and the aspect of it. As much as we cannot go without natural light, we cannot live without spiritual light. Unfortunately, we think we can it's weird that we, we prepare ourselves for the darkness physically by, you know, making sure that there's lights on and that you've got your zessa paid and, and that's credited and whatever else. But when it comes to the spiritual darkness that's out there, often we are, are ill-prepared for it. And so this morning we want to talk about that when we say come into the light. We, we also know that we, we cannot know where we stand with God unless... We have His light, which is the Word of God in our lives. This is the light that shines into our lives to give us an idea of where I am with God. I cannot tell you. Nobody can really tell you 
Although our fruit will tell us whether we're in the light or not. You agree with that? The fruit of my walk with God will indicate where I stand with God, how much I am in the light or not. But the real thing is that the Bible is the tool, in a sense, at our disposal to help us understand how close we are to the light. My life started changing because the light of Christ came into my life at the age of 19, just about 12 years ago, and where I understood for the first time. Yeah, thank you very much for not believing what I just said. Okay, 12, 22, 32, whatever number of years. It's irrelevant, actually. Um, the point is that His light came into my life, and it changed my life forever. Because the light of Christ I saw when I was 19, and, and I'm so thankful that the light of Christ was shining into my light to help me see that that's what real life is all about. And so there's three things that I want to just, that's weird, eh? When I say, there are three things this morning that I want to share with you, okay? For this half, there's three, and for this half, there's another three. So the same. Okay, three things that I would like for you to consider with me as we talk about the light. The first one is, it's three R's. It's amazing when you guys use your eyes. It's incredible. I see there's, there's like life in it, hey? When I, there's life and there's you know, certain ways of you expressing yourself through your eyes. It's incredible. I love it. Please don't suffocate if you feel like you can't breathe. Just pull it down. If you need somebody else to help you because your, ma your mask is so tight, I can help you. And just remove it quickly so that you can breathe. Um, but the three R's is, first of all, we want to recognize that there is light. First of all, we will need to understand that. Who is the light? So we would recognize. The second R is we want to receive that light into our lives. You can close it off. And then the third thing, which is absolutely key, is we want to reflect the light. So recognize, receive, reflect. Okay, you with me? All right, so first one obviously is going to be recognized. And so did you know that the first thing ever created you're on earth, was what? This half said light. What, is, what does this half say? Okay, good. You guys just learned from them, eh? <laughs> the first thing ever created was light. Why don't you just turn with me to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. Oh, let me read to you from verse 1. It says, in the beginning. Say with me, in the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. In the beginning. Hey, beginning, beginning. <laughs> in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness. Say with me, darkness. Uh -huh, was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the, of the water. So there was life already. Where was life? Where was the life? With God. God is life. And so the next verse says, and God said, who is life? Who has life? God said, let there be light. And there was light. So this is the thing that before there was light, there was life. Life produces light. Then what, what happened then after this is that soon as life was created, because life is found in God, and God is the creator of light, we see that God then carries on creating. Life was in existence, not created. Life has always been in God. God, the, the author of life, the giver of life, comes and he creates 
light. Once light is in place, the rest comes. Which is then he creates the sky, he creates the dry land, the seas, plants, trees, sun, moon, and stars, and, and sea and flying creatures, and eventually creates land animals on the, <clears throat> the sixth day, and eventually humans. Which are those people around you? Just look at them. I mean, I don't know that they look funny this morning, but God created them on the sixth day. You want to thank God for those people that you can look at? That's good. It's good. Very spiritual that you do these things, that you honor and respect one another. And if you'd want to do that with your husband and your wife, you haven't done that for a while, Sydney. Maybe it's a good moment that you can, you know, just appreciate your wife again. But God does this. So God brings physical light to earth so that more physical life can come. You see that? Life was in existence all along. He creates light. Then out of that, he creates the rest so that we can actually see the rest. Imagine if light is taken out now of the equation. We have the land, the seas, the creatures, and the animals, and, and you. Light is not in existence. You can't see that. You can't enjoy it. You with me? I know it's early. I know. I know you're not used to doing this on a Sunday. It's been three months. But like, let's get those muscles going. So life can be witnessed because there's light. You see it? All right. Wonderful. Tap your... No, don't tap. Let's go to, to another book in the Bible that is very similar in the way that it starts. And let's jump into the New Testament to the book of John. All right? John chapter 1. And we're going to try this very, very difficult phrase again. Because Genesis starts with in the... And John starts with... In the... this. Uh, say that again. Well done. You're getting there. Uh-huh. Something to practice this afternoon. Anyway, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what you see there, life, eh? There's something happening in the beginning. And He was in the beginning with God. So there's somebody with God. Woo. All things were made through him, and without him not anything was, that was made was made. So everything was made through God, and there's somebody with God. Who's that? Jesus. Well done. Just You guys are shocked. I love it. And so now we're carrying on. And it says, in him was? Oh, it sounds just like Genesis, isn't it? So before everything was created, before the light came, we have life. And so in Jesus is life. Listen to it further. It says, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light. He was not the light. He said there was someone coming that is going to be the light. That all might believe through him. He was not the light, John, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So, I mean, you can read through all of that still, and there's so much in this. But really what I'm trying to say is that where God in Genesis creates light so that we can see the rest, and that life could come from this light that's now Shining upon the earth. We see that in a spiritual sense, Jesus comes as light. To bring spiritual light and life into our lives. Do you see this? As much as light 
Physical light, natural light brought life. You take the sun away and you see what will happen to the plants. You, you take the sun away and you see what will happen to you. Uh-huh. So the natural light produces life. The spiritual light, Jesus, produces spiritual life. And unless we come to the light, the spiritual light, as much as we go to the natural light, we cannot live. We cannot live physically without physical light. We cannot live spiritually without spiritual light. Yet we try. I can manage. I'll go to whatever. And so this is the key for us this morning. I'd love for you to see that when we think of this lamp or light that was offered to Elisha, that light has become a person to us today who desires to live this light in us. And so what we find in the Old Testament as we've spoken about the bed, the chair, the table, and today the lamp, is that it signifies something that we are about that we can enjoy today. This light in our lives. That we come to the light to experience spiritual life. And there's no other place to find spiritual life and vitality but in Christ. Jesus says it in other ways as well. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father but by me. There's no other light, he says, that produces life, he says, but me. Make sense? When you read in John 3, let's carry on. Wonderful portions of Scripture here. In chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 16, um, Jesus is speaking to a guy called Nicodemus. And he says in verse 16, For God so loved the world. This is a well-known portion. It's probably the most well-known verse in the whole of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he, that he gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And we stop there often. Listen to the rest. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, believes in Jesus. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And then it says in verse 19, and this is the judgment. The light, see there again, the light and his name is Jesus. You with me? Jesus, all right? It says the light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And we see that today. And many of us bear testimony of the fact that there was a time in our lives where we loved darkness more than light. But God has helped us to see that Jesus is the light and we're falling in love with Him over and over and day by day so that we're drawn to the light. Listen to it further. For everyone, verse 20, who does wicked things hates the light. Oh. So the moment you and I pursue darkness and we, we engage ourselves in evil things, sin, we actually saying, I hate the light. And the very thing that produces life to us, we cut out of our lives. We cover it and we live in darkness. And we cannot see light. We cannot see hope. So when we find ourselves in a great moment of despair, the question is, how much light are you allowing into your life? How much of Christ are you seeing? Because the more we see of Him, the less darkness we're aware of. 
Folks, we've, we've, we've become so aware of darkness at the moment in this world. And it's actually covering the light. And we're allowing it. It's not the devil. He wants us to see it, for sure. And we're listening too much. It says in verse 21, let me read the, list, the latter part of verse 21st. It says, everyone, for everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. We'll look at that just now. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Jesus has come into the world to penetrate darkness through living his light inside of us and through us. Question we need to ask. I, I love asking questions. First question I want to just throw out to you is, do you recognize that he truly is the light and outside of him there is absolutely no light at all? This is a very, very important question to ask. Because if we cannot answer this with a definite yes, we've got to help one another. And it's not condemning each other. Because this is where salvation starts. And where we grow in our walk with God. Where I say, Jesus is the only light. I cannot find vision. I cannot find perspective. I cannot find direction. I cannot find hope. I cannot find salvation in any other place than in Jesus Christ, the light of the world. So if there's an affirmative yes to that question, that's great. If you're battling with that, friend... We've got to talk. We've got to help you, not condemn you and, you know, put guilt on you. No, it's let's talk. Let's help you see that Jesus is truly the only light. That's where salvation begins. And then as we sang earlier on, is Christ enough as this light? Or do you constantly say, well, you know, it's great that he's a light, but I need something else in my life too. Jesus is the light and the only light that brings hope and, and, and direction to our lives. We cannot live dependent upon another light. So, well, I'm, I'm sure that I can find it in this and in that and whatever else. Jesus is the light. It's incredibly important that we answer this question today. Our world is in a real mess and it's dark. And if Jesus is not the one that we bring into our lives as the light, we will not have light and we will not have life. As a result. The second thing, as we spoke about earlier on, we need to recognize that Jesus is the light. I want to ask you this morning about receiving the light. And that's really what it means to come into a place where the light shines into your life. Do you allow him to shine into your life? Do you come close enough to let him and to let his word penetrate your heart and so shine into every area of your life, especially those dark ones? We read here in verse 20 of chapter 3, John. It says, "Who Everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. What the light does, if we come closer to it, it shines upon us. And it helps us and enables us to see things that we perhaps have been trying to hide. And then when we recognize that the light will do that to us, we, we move away. Because I, I actually would prefer to not let it be seen. But God sees everything. Uh -huh. Just like in, if, if you, you've got a stain on your clothes and, and, and you dress in the dark and you don't see it. When you come out in the open, oh my goodness, I never saw this. 
And it's embarrassing. I've got tomato sauce all over. Or last night you had very nice red wine and you spilled it over your shirt. And, and you don't want people to know that you're drinking red wine, which is never a sin, by the way. But you, I'm so embarrassed about it. Now suddenly you come out in the open. <gasps> I'm exposed because the light is shining upon me. Uh-huh. And so I don't want to go into the light then. I'd rather be in the dark where nobody can see these stains. Like, let me take you to a verse in the Bible. And really what I'm trying to tell you is that just like an x-ray scan or any other scans that we have these days, medical things, they, they reveal things in us that the natural eye cannot see. You agree? If I would take an x-ray of, of Clive right now, you will see something of him that you've never seen before. It would be quite interesting if we could do that, hey? Just to let you walk through and, and uh, let us see. And, and you may see objects in his, in, his, in his jacket or in his trousers that he's put in there that he's not necessarily trying to hide, but you may see it, you know, because the x-ray will pick it up. That's what happens when we come close to the Word of God. Things are exposed as we study the Scripture. If you don't, you're away from the light. And you never grow aware or become aware of things in your life that God wants to help you through. So listen to Ephesians chapter 5 with me. Please check on your neighbor, even if he's, he or she is far away from you. If you have to get up and just go and tap them or just wave at them or something, please make sure that they're still awake. I have some concerns about some people. I'm not going to specifically mention names, but um, yeah, I'll just carry on. Let me not get sidetracked. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5, this is a beautiful portion of scripture. Um, it says in um, verse 1, listen, you've got to take some time to go through these things on your own, please. Because in the time that we have together on Sundays, it's never enough for us to grasp hold and grab hold of these things fully. You've got to take this and go and, and study that on your own time, please. And that's why I encourage you always to make notes. We will have our notes available as we have been over the last couple of weeks. Uh, on, um, on Facebook, we will probably send it out to you again if you want to read it, but it's always good to make notes. It says in verse 1, Therefore be in imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Then he says, These are the things that I believe the word of God exposes in our lives when we come to the light. It says, But sexual immorality... And all impurity or covetousness must not be even named among you. Not even be a reference in our lives. As is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure... Or is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light. Now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, he says. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. 
and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. The light of Jesus, the light of the word of God in our lives, make things visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So Paul is clearly saying to us here that when the word of God comes, when we expose ourselves to his light, the light reveals things that are hidden and that are in secret. And he talks about a number of things there. Sexual immorality, covetousness, just foolish talking. And, and he addresses that, but he says, guys, I want you to understand that there are certain things that we as human beings live with, that as we go through the scan of the Word of God, as we study the Word of God, it scans us. It scans our mind, our mouth, our heart, and our hands. It scans our mind to reveal to us the thoughts that we have. It's what the Word of God would do if you read it. it. scans your mind, the thoughts that you have. It scans your mouth, the very words that you say. The words that are discouraging and breaking down and foolish. You read that. It scans our hearts. It scans the attitudes that we have towards people, towards God even towards one another, towards myself. Attitude of pride. Whatever attitude it, means, it may be. And it scans our hands. It scans our actions. It scans our deeds. And God says, hands would here refer to what we do sexually and other things that we do. I mean, extreme is murder, stealing, whatever it may be with our hands. God says, unless you come close to the light, those four areas of your life that particularly um, accommodate sin, your mind, your mouth, your heart, your hands, two M's and two H's, those areas can be scanned by the Word of God if we come and receive the light into our lives. But without that, we go around with foolish thinking, Unbiblical thoughts, lust in our minds, we go around with foolish talk, we break each other down, we go with attitudes in our hearts that is against people and it's for some and it's this and that, and we go with deeds that are unexposed to the light. And we think we get away with it. But God says those things will catch up. And that's why it's so important for us to come to the light to receive the light into our lives and recognize that I cannot live without his light. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Folks, I want to say to you that if you despise the word, for instance, if you do not spend time in the word of God, you have no light shining into your life and you live in darkness. It's as simple as that. 
And, and even moments like this that we are, are together and we talk about what it means to be following the light helps us to see the light and the need of the light to penetrate our lives. Without this, without a relationship with Jesus. That's why we, this whole thing of this room of Elisha is about being with Jesus. It's about coming at the table and sitting and letting the light of who he is shine into my life. The more I study Christ, the more I study his word, I can see light penetrating my being. Without that, I am in darkness. I truly am. That's what the word says. And I live as though I'm fine. But when I come closer to brothers even that are walking in the light, they can help me see areas of my life that is also in darkness. That's why we love the church. Not just gatherings. But we love the church, the, the coming together of God's people, where I am accountable to you and you to me. And, and as we engage, we, we start to smell each other a bit. And in that smelling, we recognize you. They see this area of your life. What about that? What about this? And you help me because there's light in you and you shine that upon my life. When I'm in despair, when I'm in a place of complete anxiety and your light of faith shines into my life, it helps me. But if I'm on my own and say, I don't need people, I can be away. You're away from the light. You are. And so I plead with you this morning to come to the light, Jesus, and to come the light that he shines through people as well in terms of relationship. The last R that we want to talk about is we need to reflect the light. We firstly recognize the light that there's no other light but Him. We then receive the light as we recognize that He is the light. And then we reflect. And uh, I think often we, we forget that there's a responsibility, another R, that comes out of recognizing, receiving, We've got to reflect it now. We've got to let it shine out of from where we are. And once he has access to our hearts, then we start to truly reflect them. We reflect the light that shines brightest into our lives. So the question is then, what light is currently shining brightest in your life? What is the light that you're meeting around that is shining into your life? Because that's the light that you will speak about most and that you will think about most, and that you will communicate about most, whatever that form of communication may be. As if the light is whatever, the news, the daily news, that's a light into your lives. It's not the light, but it's a light. And it's shining brightly, because everything that you're talking about is from the light that you're exposed to. And if we're exposed to the light Jesus, then we start reflecting that light. So what light are you reflecting at the moment? And, and, and if you say that this morning out of your own in a personal answer to yourself, would others agree with what you've just said? The way that you've answered that question. And say, well, I think it's Jesus. Okay, well, then let's, let's ask your wife or your husband or, or your friends or, or your peers or your colleagues or people that connect with you daily. Do they see that the light of Jesus is the light that is reflected in your life? Light brings clarity and direction to my life. We find purpose in the light. Matthew 
just some verses that we'd like to look at and we consider this thing of, of uh, reflecting. And Matthew chapter 5, and it's repeated elsewhere in the Gospels. And it's such an incredible topic, this, and way not enough time for us to consider everything. But Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 to 16, as I read this to you, it says, Jesus speaking, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on people's feet. Then, listen to this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, listen to this church, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. It's not about us receiving glory when our light shines. It's about our Father in heaven receiving glory when we shine the light that we're sitting under because we recognize He is the only light. We reflect what shines brightest into our lives. And so I want to encourage you that we can only shine forth that which is shining into our lives. And we have a responsibility of, as children of God to come and be with Him and come and sit under the light so that the world can see. Two more verses that you can go and read on your own. Philippians 2 verse 14 to 18. Just write that down. Philippians 2 verse 14 to 18 and 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 5 to 11. Just amazing verses that speak about this Incredible importance and value of us reflecting who he is. I just want to read to you this one from Thessalonians. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5. You all good? All good, all good. It says here, verse 5, But you, for you are children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Folks, this is an important thing. We are children of the day. We are children of the light. Because the light, his name is Jesus, is shining forth into our lives. We need to live as children of the day, where we shine forth light. This is a crucial time, where the whole world is being shaken. And the world is even, and, and all this stuff is even shaking the church. Please remain to be people of the light and become stronger in your conviction of being a person of the light. Do not let your foundations be shaken at this time so that it will be starting to crack and fall apart. This is the time where we need to draw closer to the light so that more of the light can shine in us and through us. It is not a time to Pull away from it. It is a time to come closer. And I plead towards you is, please recognize the light. That Jesus is the light. Please come and receive the light. Regularly in your life. As you sit with Christ. As you study Him. As you read the Word. Receive the light. And then thirdly, reflect the light. And what we want to do as a church, we, we want to carry on in terms of what we've been speaking since the beginning of the year of, of, of living the way. We're going to go into a stage next, from next week probably, where we want to talk about what it means to become like Him. Now we're sitting in the light. Now we need to reflect. 
Now we're going to allow him to change who I am into more of what he looks like and therefore reflect him more. So this morning, I encourage you. Jesus is the light. Jesus says, come and let me shine upon you. And then Jesus says, as I shine upon you, you go and shine. The world is in darkness. The world is in darkness and we go out as the light. We are not the light. We go out as the light of Christ into this world as he shines upon us and we can only reflect him. But may you be encouraged also this week as you, as you spend some time just rehashing this. If there are areas in your life that you recognize you've been hiding, have been secret stuff that nobody else knows about. You know what? The reality is Jesus knows everything and he doesn't condemn, but he pulls you closer. He says, bring that thing into the light. And the best way to bring it into the light is say, Jesus, I admit, I acknowledge. So I want to pray this morning. I want to ask you to close your eyes. I want to lead you in a moment that may not just last for this moment, but it may be something that you take home with you and into the week where you go and ponder upon this. That Jesus ought to be the light and I ought to reflect him, but I also need to sit under the light and receive it into areas of my life where I have actually tried to push him away. And so friend, as you sit there with God, if there's an area in your life that currently is in darkness, if there's any area in your life that you have been harboring sin, deliberate sin, where you say, God, this is wrong. This morning, as I think about it, I recognize that it's wrong. And I'm actually trying to get away with it, but your spirit is convicting me right now. I ask Jesus, please forgive me for this sin. And as you just sit there with your God, you and him, you work it out. But there may be something particular this morning that you recognize this is a definite sin and I cannot harbor this any longer. As I'm coming in, this morning is kind of like you've come closer to the light again and the light of God's word is shining into that area and he's saying, my son, my daughter, I want you to be free from this secret, from this dark area. Whatever it may be, whatever it may be, and don't try to reason it out and, and justify anything. Just in your heart, if you feel that there's a conviction, just say, Jesus, I recognize that this is wrong. I ask you to forgive me. I want to deal with it. I don't want to live with it any longer. I want to deal with it. I repent of it, Jesus. I repent of it as sin before you. And I thank you for your forgiveness. And Lord, help me to walk away from it. Friend, if it is a sexual sin in your life that you recognize, walk away from it. Repent. Repent and walk away. If it's a sin in the mind, deal with it. If it's a sin in the mouth that you've been speaking, if it's a sin of the heart, if it's a sin of the hand, walk away from it through repenting and thanking God for his forgiveness. Lord, I thank you for that. I pray that as a church, Lord God, we will live in the light. We will consistently come and spend time in the light and so reflect the light in this dark world. Because there are people that are far from you that need to see who you are.
through how we live, how we reflect you. Trust for you. Trust you for that, Father. In Jesus' name.